Can you make the quantum leap? Hi, welcome to this Perceptive Readers this week. Quantum leap has many descriptions and definements, and it all deals with an increase, a, a multiplication of power, if you will. It's used in scientific terms. There's actually been TV shows, uh, very popular back in the 80s and 90s as well that dealt with the person making these big leaps uh, through different time periods, you see. The way that I'm going to express this to you now today, though, is this. Are you able to make a quantum leap or really a great advancement? An advancement in what? Well, I'm not talking about technology. I'm not talking about transhumanism or anything of that nature. Why? Because there's even a passage from a man who was able to make a quantum leap, if you will, in knowledge that even says all things are lawful, but not all things are advantageous. So this is still showing that just because you can do something and even maybe learn about certain aspects of life and how it functions and things of that nature, it doesn't mean all that knowledge will even be advantageous for your own well-being. Did you know that? And see, and we'll get into that. But what I want to talk about this time is actually a quantum leap again, an advancement, an understanding, making sure that, yes, in this case, it is something that you want, that you need. You see, sometimes, remember, people learn in different ways. But did you know it's not always what the person is showing an aptitude for? Because, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, to use the expression, a person, you can think that they're actually uh, as dumb as a rock, okay, because they may not know certain things. Um, and then you have other persons who don't know certain matters because they're just not interested in certain matters, you see. And then, of course, uh, there are others who do not learn because uh, they're actually, once again, more focused on maybe just their own self, their own life, or what have you. I won't go into the motives behind that, but some of the motives, uh, you can see it was very necessary for that person. And then some of them are just plain self-serving. So all the same, though, in every situation, are these individuals able to still make a quantum leap in understanding? Will they have the motivation? Will they have the desire to do so. There was once a teacher who went to talk to a sage and the teacher was expressing some frustration about the year that was coming up, the school year that was coming up and was saying that, you know, uh, they enjoy their job, uh, but Many of the students, you see, 
uh, didn't enjoy them doing their job. And so the sage continued uh, to listen. And the teacher went on to express some of the, the disciplinary problems with this and that. And the teacher knew that, hey, this information is, is good. I know it doesn't start off like this, but uh, by the end of the year, you'll always be happy if you just listen. But see, the students um, didn't always appreciate it and they didn't stick with it long enough to see, you see, uh, the benefit. And so what the sage told the teacher was this. Do you make it so that they will quickly see the benefit of what you see they are learning? And the teacher said, well, what, what do you mean by that? See, instead of waiting a whole year at times, you see, uh, for the person's to see just what a benefit is, you have to, in the first couple of days, to show them what the benefit will be and then let them know after they get it that, hey, there's much more when where that came from, okay? And so the teacher said, how do I do that? Even though, you know, the teacher knew how to do it, but see, the sage knew it as well. And the sage said, well, I'll leave that up to you. And so anyway, uh, the sage had a younger child around them, you know, a family member, you see. And the teacher was saying, yeah, you know, I, um, that this is one of the things I'm going to have to do or, or, or what have you, you know, teaching on this level as well. See, I'm not going to tell you the age of the child. And the teacher said, see, by the end of the year, this is this is what they know. And um, and the sage said, well, you know. My offspring here already knows it. And the teacher said, no. And then. He said, you test them. And the teacher did. And the teacher said, how did you do that already at this such a young age? And the, te- and the sage told the teacher, well, you go and you figure out how you're going to you implement what I just shared with you. And when you come back, I'll tell you how. And why the child knows it. So anyway, the teacher went that started the first school year. And what she did, I mean, what the teacher did, (laughs) uh, what the teacher did was uh, went to, you know, math. Okay. And was teaching, you see, remember one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, which a lot of the students knew. And so what the teacher wanted the students to do, uh, was, okay, write all the way up to 100. And so the students did that, you know, one, two, three, and they wrote it out on the paper all the way up to 100. And so then the teacher said, do it again. And they did it again. And this went on all day long. Boy, that first day of school 
was not enjoyable at all for many of the students. When they went home, they were complaining. They were upset because the teacher gave them homework on top of that to do what? I bet you know, write out 100, you see, and write it out again, filling up a total of still 10 sheets of paper, you see. So the whole point is this. When they went back to school the next day, and they turned in their homework. And the teacher said, all right, get out a new sheet of paper and you're going to write out. And the students started, you know, <sighs> I mean, you could hear this. They couldn't even help it. Even the best, the best well-mannered student was even signed and things of that nature. And so then the teacher said after that, Okay, oh, so you don't you don't want to do this no more? <laughs> and and somebody said, "Is there an easier way?" And the teacher said, "Yes, it's called multiplication." And she wrote on the board, and the teacher wrote on the board, one times one, and told them what it was. Then one times two and told them what it was. Went all the way up to one times ten. And the students wrote it all down. To make, you know, that whole week scenario, you see, play out quickly now. What the teacher said is for homework. Either you can once again write out, you see, one all the way to a hundred uh, on five sheets of paper, or you can use another method to actually still make sure the hundred is in the equation. You see, are you going to go one plus two plus three plus four, or are you going to go? See, this is what they had to figure out. 10 times 10. See? That's 100. Are you going to go 100 times 10? See? That's 1,000. And it can, and it can go on and on and on. But the whole point is, right away, what decision do you think every single student make to fill out those sheets of paper? They just wrote the equation, <laughs> you see, 10 times 10 on each sheet of paper up to 10, and they didn't have to write it out, write it out, write it out. Okay. Now, after that, the teacher during the weekend went to see the sage, and the sage said, <laughs> how did things go? And the teacher was so happy because they learned so much and they knew what people would call their multiplication tables. You see, uh, just that quick. It didn't take long at all. It was like they were more than glad <laughs> to learn that, you see, because it made life easier for them, their homework easier for them just that quickly, you see. But the teacher was still wondering how did already this sage's offspring knew their multiplication tables even before getting to that grade, you see, um, getting to the classroom, so to speak. And you know what the sage said? It's love. 
teach them, he said, it's love. Love is a motivator. It is more powerful than even some type of academic reasoning at times. You see, when there's no love at times, then persons have to do the practice, 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 practice makes perfect, you see, in order for them to get it. It's the routine, you see, it's the, it's the, it's the going along this same path where, you know, okay, I've done it so much, I do it without even thinking. And no one is saying anything wrong, is wrong with that. That's not what anybody's saying. What I'm bringing out to you today is love is such a motivator that the person who is so interested that you love and they love you, that sometimes they just learn things effortlessly because of the love and the compelling motivation that is coming off of you. And see, and it doesn't even feel like it's a chore, you see. That's where you hear that term sometimes, I want to, you know, that's something that is from the good book passage as well. And so with all of that in mind, perceptive readers, keep keep this in mind, you know, whenever you want to help somebody, and see, that's the key, really want to help somebody. What is the best way of helping that person? What did you gather from this quantum leap here? This quantum leap scenario? I tell you what, you can make a quantum leap in knowledge, yes, through hard work and, you know, academic studies and things of that nature. But I tell you today, the quantum leap of understanding comes from love. It comes a whole lot quicker, a whole lot easier. And what is the sound basis for that? Where even the Apostle Paul, who was able to make a quantum leap in understanding about God And yes, even with the knowledge God gave him down to this day, he already stated that love builds up. It's knowledge. See, just regular knowledge, co-application of knowledge, that puffs up. But love builds up. He expressed it again about the love of the Christ is motivating and compelling and things of that nature. So in closing, keep in mind this. If you are making quantum leaps in understanding of love and about even God, you see, I mentioned recently, you see, about of the book of Ezekiel. And see, and there are a lot of persons who are knowledgeable. They're very, very smart. Yes, things of that nature. And, you know, I always say you respect 
you know, uh, people. You respect their knowledge and things of their nature. But remember, the application still is all things are lawful, but not all things are advantageous. And so you can respect somebody. You can dignify somebody. But if they come to you and they say that they don't believe in the Holy Bible or God's word, is it being disrespectful that then you don't listen uh, uh, to them to stop reading God's word? Does that make sense to you? Same thing with the application of love. Another good principle. If somebody else does not you know, agree or ascribe to what you're trying to do in this positive way? Uh, is it disrespectful or undignified that then you won't listen to them to stop doing <laughs> what this positive thing is? You see, uh, there's always time, you see, to uh, uh, no, there's not always time, but the expression, it happens a lot where, you know, a person can just say, you know, I'm done with this. I'm done with that person or, or, or what have you. And people have their different reasons and they have their different choice. What I'm still going to share uh, with you in this matter uh, as well, though, is, you know, the biggest difficulty sometimes uh, with people that cause a whole lot of problems is remembering this, no matter how much knowledge, no matter how much authority a person may have, that knowledge and authority never overrides what God has said about his knowledge, authority, and as I said before, your conscience. It just doesn't. So there you go. See, oh, I could go into a, a, a stated further things about, you know, when I go into public declaration about whether you say, hey, um, hey, I'm one with you. Yes, we're going to work together in this way and things. Like that. But see, I'm not talking about that. I'm still talking about, you know, um, getting specific here about a person's right to worship their God in freedom and unmolested. You see, in freedom and unmolested. That's God's will. Okay. So are you able to make a quantum leap in these things and others? Do you have the desire? The thought is just there. So thank you for being here this week on quantum leap. You will hear me talk about quantum leaps in the future as well. But this was a nice start, I guess, with this. Will you make a quantum leap in advancement? You have just listened to the Perceptive Readers Podcast. Remember, until next time, if you read something that encourages you to improve or enhance your life for the better, it becomes your reality. <laughs>